then thank you. The last two messages I preached was on new creation, and uh, it started with uh, the cross, and then last month or early this month that we I preached on the um, new wine and the new wine skins. Today is the last last part of it. New creation, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Next, please. This was a verse that I used in the first, first uh, message. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7, 5 to 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How many believe that this is the word for breakthrough? Yes. The old has passed, the new has come. The old cannot go away unless there is a breakthrough for the new to come. And this is the word of God that cuts through the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and cuts through every situation you are in. Yep. All right, let's, let's go. So what is the old that has gone away? Next. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, he, Jesus Christ himself, bore our sin in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Let's summarize the past, last two uh, messages. Jesus Christ took all our sin into his own body. Do you still carry sins or judgment or condemnation? No, because he took the bondage. He broke the bondage of sin. He took all our sin unto his, his own body so we cannot be too sin conscious or condemnation conscious. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If today you are still condemning yourself, you are on the old part of life. You are not new. If you want to be new, you have to believe that this is what God said. This is what Jesus has already done on the cross. And he's on his body on the tree. Curses is everyone who is hung on the tree. So that curse of the law has been broken. You are not depending on, on, uh, on, uh, on performance. So that you might die to sin. That means the bondage of sin has no power over you anymore. And you live to righteousness. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what happened here is that by his wound, you have been healed. Now this whole passage is all according to the will of God. So it is the will of God to take away your sin. It is the will of God to break curses in your life. It is the will of God to heal you. I think this is a starting point that we pray for healing. Not, not go back to the cross and go back... To, to the other side of the cross and say, God, are you going to heal me or not going to heal me? Because Jesus did it on the cross according to the will of the Father. So it is the will of God by his stripes, you are healed. It is his will. We've got to get it right so then we have a breakthrough and say, my healing starts from this, this point on because God has done it. I don't have to keep knocking and say, are you going to heal me or are you not going to heal me? Right? So, the first thing, that the, the first change that the old has gone away, the new has come, is because your identity is in Christ. In Jesus Christ, your identity is not in the product. Your identity is not in where you come from. Identity is made by Jesus Christ. He said, he made us 
righteousness in Christ Jesus. And that is our identity. The, the world is so confused with identity, some, somewhat identity of a nose, right? They go for an operation just to make the nose look like somebody, or the face look like somebody. They want to identify with somebody. They want to identify with certain technologies, certain speed of the technology, certain group of people, certain class of people, certain brand of products. But no, our identity is that in, in Jesus Christ himself, who is your creator and my creator. And the sins are forgiven, your sickness healed, you are redeemed from the curse of the law, you become righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the other thing, when Jesus went to the cross, when he was hung on the tree, right? He's redeemed the curse of the law from us. He said the blessing of Abraham will come unto the Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham is still in me and in me, in, in you. We had the generation blessing. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I always ask the dying patient, because the dying patient define their hope as hopeless, their situation as hopeless. But I see you still have your hope for the next generation. You still have the hope for your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Say, how do I get it? Talk to God about your generation because the Abrahamic blessing, God redeemed him, redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham may come upon us. Blessing of Abraham includes the land, the inheritance of the land, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Next, please. All right, this is all... The new, this is the, the, the starting of the new, new, new life that we have, okay? Now, what is the new, the spirit of the, uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. Flee from sexual immorality. Every, every other sin is a person commits, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immorality person since again his own body. 19, first, verse 19. So do you not know that your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you, ha whom you have from God? Do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? This is where you are, wherever you go. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, where the lights come from, where the truth comes from where the power and authority of the living God that you can release through your engagement with the Lord. Now, I know verse 18 talk about sexual sin, but I think the bottom line, the bottom line of this sin, of, of this verse, is centered on you are not your own. It's talk about, I believe, it's talk about self-centeredness. A self-centered person is my body is my own. God said, you are not your own. To become new, you have to realize that God has taken over my body, soul, and spirit. God has taken over my life. That's where the identity of Christ works. Your body is not, you are not your own, for you have been purchased with a price, so glorify God in your own body. Self-centeredness can distract us so much that we walk on the path that we don't even know. But God wants us to walk on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This is not being religious. This is about life. 
This is not about religion. This is not about being become holy. It's about God said this is the best path for you. Because your body is not your own, you can't manage your own life. Because the world is too big for you. But God created the world. He is a creator. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Next, please. Galatians 2, chapter 20, uh, 2, chapter 20, uh, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live. No longer you live. No longer you live, but Christ lives in me. This is the greatest miracle in human body. The creator, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the God himself lives in a human body. The Lord can't live in a human body unless there is a peace between God and the Father. Between, between you and the Father. Jesus went to the cross, to die on the cross, to reconcile us unto him. There's, God, there's a peace between you and God. Nothing in between. Don't create anything in between. Don't create any condition in between. Don't create any law in between. Don't create any, any, any idea or any philosophy in between. Because it's between the peace. There's peace and God. That's it. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Your whole body, soul, and spirit respond because there is a love now he's talking about. I spoke to a, a, a lady patient, young lady. The moment she sat down, she said, I cannot have a relationship with young men. Very young. I said, why? I only have a relationship with old men. I said, why? She said, I was abused by my grandfather. Her whole life is to please the old people. Because she lives in the flesh all the time. There's nothing new that comes in between. And God said he creates us a new creation. We'll see more about it afterwards. We are a new creation. We don't live according to history anymore. We don't live according to circumstances in life anymore. We don't live according to consequences of what happened anymore. We don't live according to statistics anymore. We live according to the word of God. That's where the identity of Christ is. Next, please. John chapter 3, verse... John 3, verse, verse 5 to 6. Verses 5 to 6. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I said to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is of Spirit. We are born of the Spirit. That's why our body can become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So whatever there is of the past, we are not carrying anymore because this is a new creation. Don't live in the past anymore. It doesn't help you. That's where God wants you to, to take away the old so that you can have the new. We are new creation. God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light for us to be a new creation, new wine, new wineskin, and to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, remember this. If you want to remember breakthrough, this is the breakthrough. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, wherever you go. And how does this temple look like? We'll see later on. Next, please. 
when God created man, God took the dust. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, The Lord who formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed unto his nostril the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. When God created Adam, he took the dust. The dust was just dust. There's no finger in it. There, there are no legs in it. There's no face in it. There's no inner organs in it. There's no nerves. But when it breathes into it, every part of the body begins to form. Yes? yes? yes but if he withdraw the breath, what happens? It goes back to dust. It is the breath of God that gives life, and it is the life that gives you good health. It's not the other way around. We tend to think that we are brought up to think that you have good. I'm not against diet, please don't get me wrong. In a way, I'm against because you can tell. <laughs> I'm, not against, I'm not against diet. I'm not against supplement. Yeah? But they are not created. We are not created to depend on creation for health and for life. I know vitamin C is good. Vitamin D is good. But they do not bring you life. They do not bring you health to your whole body. That is only in the hand of God. It is because of the life that you get the health. Without the life, it goes to dust. Yes? Yes, so we need a mind paradigm shift here to understand that it is life before health. So remember dust, the word dust. Okay, we are formed from dust. So what happened to the new creation? What happened to the dust in the new creation? What happened to this dust? If you want to be new, do we still carry the dust? Next, please. On the cross, on the cross, Colossians chapter, five, chapter 2, verse 15 says, Jesus Christ disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them in open shame. It's a public display of a shame to the principalities and to the power of darkness on the cross. He disarmed them. That means they are not, they have no, they have no power to overrule you anymore, or you and me. Because God has disarmed you. Don't keep dwelling on the devil that is going to come into your liver, come into your heart, come into your kidney. Because they have nothing. He has disarmed rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. A parallel of this scenario was found in 1 Kings 18, verse 38. This is Elijah, Elijah against King Ahab. King Ahab built a temple for Baals, a demonic worship of the god of rain and dew. And there was three years without famine. And this is where our breakthrough is, okay? Three years of famine, sorry, without rain. And Elijah said, if you want rain, he gave him a public challenge. And, and King Ahab had 450 prophets. And Elijah was alone. But he, had, he got, the, he got the, the king of kings and the lord of lords on his side. And Elijah said, you choose the animals. You choose the burnt offering. You do what you want. And they get two. 
one bull for king, king uh, for the 450 prophets, and one bull for Elijah. Elijah said, okay, you slaughter your, 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 your animals, recall down from fire from heaven, you call down fire, you call down fire from heaven, and consume your burnt offerings. And they did it. They call upon the name of their God. They call upon the name of their God until evening. They couldn't do anything, no rain, no sound, no voice. And they begin to cut themselves, their own blood. The blood of their sacrifice couldn't help. The blood of their own body couldn't help. If you want to break through, sometimes we think that we have to do our own way to get God's attention. But Elijah said, okay. When Elijah's turn came, he said, okay. I know I'll call down fire, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to show you something. He poured water on the burnt offering until the whole train was full of water. And he said, God, you send fire now. How, how is the fire going to burn the burnt offering when it's full of water? Well, this is where the supernatural is. The fire lick up the water and consume the burnt offering. Okay, first king, eight, chapter 18, verse 38, and verses 38 to 39. And the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering. The burnt offering here speaks of the Son of God who was on the cross under the fire of judgment because he carried your sin, my sin, carried your sickness, my sickness. He carried your curse of the Lord, my curse of the Lord, and went to the cross. And he became the burnt offering. Right? The fire of judgment can consume your sickness, my sickness, consume your, your sin, my sin, your curses, my curses, so that we have a clean temple of the Holy Spirit. So they consume the burnt offering, the wood and the stone and the dust. The dust was even consumed. This dust is exactly the word that God used in, in Genesis where he, he used the dust to make, to, to form Adam, the same word. And lick up the water as it was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces. The Lord, he is God, and the Lord, he is God. Our temple, the Holy Spirit, has no more dust. When God judged the, the serpent, the Bible says, serpent, it dust. That to me speaks of spiritual attack. Now the dust has been consumed because the temple, our temple is built by the spirit of the living God. There is no more dust. He said, it's no longer that I live, but Jesus Christ lives in me. This is the temple. Remember the parable of building a house on the rock? We are built on the rock. The weather come, we will not fall because of the living word of God inside us. Jesus Christ is the living God that holds everything together. So don't be too demon conscious. Because the devil has been defeated on the cross, God has disarmed him, prosperity and power. Now this is the point of breakthrough. Up to this point, there is no rain yet. Up to this point, the rain hasn't come. Three years, no rain, famine. The breakthrough came because God disarmed the power and prosperity. If you go further down into, in, into, into other verses after 39, 
verse 39, you will see that, that, that uh, Elijah executed the 450 prophets of Baal, the, the, the demonic worshipper. He executed them. And then the rain comes. Today, let's recognize that we are, if you want the rain to come, you have been dry in various parts of your life, if your prayer has been very dry, if the things that you do has been very dry, today let's believe in a new creation where the power, powers and prosperities of darkness has no authority over you anymore. The rain will come. And this is the victory that, that we have besides the death lost its thing. Next, please. Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19. And according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. When Holy Spirit dwells in you, he comes with his power. Every cell in your body carries the image and the likeness of the Son of God. Every part of the body carries the image and the likeness of the Son of God. That means it carries the power and authority of the living God through the Holy Spirit. Don't underestimate the, the health of your liver. Don't underestimate the health of your heart because it is filled with the power and authority of the living God. Let's continue. So that Jesus Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you've been rooted and grounded in love that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of Christ. The whole purpose of the, of the uh, 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 temple of the Holy Spirit that God created us is for us to be filled with the fullness of Christ, that we know the love of Christ. That's the whole purpose. If your, if your body is filled with the fullness of Christ, tell me, you have, the, you have the full power and authority of the living God in your body. Right? So don't disrespect your, don't disrespect your body. Don't, don't underestimate the health of your body because there is the life of Christ in you. In the life of Christ, as it is in Christ, so it is, so it is we feel in the world. Christ has no sickness, your body shouldn't carry sickness. Yes? Now, what is this life? How does this, this love, what does this love look like in the temple of the Holy Spirit? Let's go to the next one, please. This is the slide that I showed in the first, uh, uh, first message on the new creation. We are the new creation. Grace. The Lord deliver or um, fulfill his love for us through this grace, mercy, peace, and love. When the, when the Pharisee asked, asked, asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment. Jesus did not say the first important commandment is to 
love the Lord your God, your heart. He did not say, he did not start there. He started earlier than that. He said, hear all Israel. The God is one. The Lord is one. Hear come first. Hearing come first. Hear all Israel. Because by hearing, you receive the faith. God comes, first come by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Hearing come first. The whole fullness of Christ within us is a two-word conversation, two-way of hearing. God speak to you, you speak to God. Jesus called that, he said, my the house, my father's house is a house of prayer, it's a house of communication between you and me. So don't talk to yourself, talk to God. That I always say, don't talk to yourself. Every issue in your heart, don't talk to yourself. For those people who have mental illness, you hear voices. Yes, I know that. Right? Sometimes one voice, sometimes two voices. Some here, even five. Recently, I have one, got ten, ten people talking. And, and uh, I, I know medically, I'm not a medical person, I'm not a psychiatrist. Of course, there is a chemical imbalance. They give some medicine. And some of them think that it's spiritual as well. Because they hear voices. Some of the voices are good. Sometimes they talk good things, but it's not real. Sometimes they talk about bad things and ask you to kill yourself. Right? And many, and in fact, all of them, when they hear voices, I say, what do they tell you now? They say, don't listen to Victor. <laughs> they all say, don't listen to Victor. Get him out. But even if you hear voices, look here. The power God has disarmed powers and prosperity on the cross. Do you hear? The void has no more power. Whatever they ask you to do, you don't do what happened. Nothing happened. Because it has a void that has no power. Even if you believe it's demonic. Yeah? If you hear somebody, there is no more power. He hasn't got, Chinese has a, has a word called Zilaofu, you know? Paper tiger. It's, a, it's made of paper. This tiger is made of paper. It has no power. It's not authority anymore. It has been disarmed. If you hear her voices, rest assured that Jesus Christ, keep repeating, keep declaring the word of God, that Jesus Christ has disarmed powers and principalities on the cross for me. You have no, he has no more power and authority. To, you don't have to act on that voice. Because the, the voice... There are only two voices in the temple. The voice of the Holy Spirit and your voice. When Jesus cleansed the temple, Jesus cleansed the temple, he cleansed them outside the outside outer gate, not in the inner gate. And then in the, in the outside gate are the people who, who exchange money, who sold uh, uh, animals for sacrifices. Right? And it's only mentioned there, not the bulls, not the, the big animals, doves. Why doves? Doves are, the, are for the poor people who can't afford. There's Mother Mary sacrificed doves because they couldn't afford. Those who can afford, they bring um, bull and goat for sacrifice. These are expensive things. So these people, so when, when they want to come to Jerusalem for the Passover, when they bring the animals, they were afraid that the animal may die on the way because the animal has to be unblemished. It has to be perfect. If the animal break the leg, they come to Jerusalem, they have to change another animal. So rather than carrying the animals all the way to Jerusalem, they rather buy from the temple. 
right? So this group of businessmen see the opportunity. They sell their animals in the temple, right? And turn it into a marketplace. And what did Jesus call these people? Robbers of, of the day. They call them robbers. The devil come rob and kill and destroy, yes? But the devil is only in the outer, outer court, not in the inner court. But even in the outer court, Jesus wants them out. Even in the outer court, even if you are disturbed by any, from the outside, by the even God, Lord, is God going to say, no, this is not, not your game to play with my, my children. God, kick them out, and then who came in? The blind came in. Our temple of the Holy Spirit is to bring light to the blind. The mute came in. Our temple of the Holy Spirit to bring words for those who can't speak. There's a purpose of the temple. The moment this thing out, Jesus said, he healed, he began to heal, heal those who are blind who come into the temple. There's a purpose of the temple of the Holy Spirit. The two-word conversation between him and exclusively him and you. So when you can't sleep, talk to the Lord because your body is the temple. Don't talk to yourself. The temple is the house of prayer. House of prayer is a two-way conversation. Yeah? Okay, on the cross, this is what happened. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake, God himself, the Father, made his Son to be seen, he who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So this is the language of grace. Grace is don't deserve, it's for your sake. It's not for the sake of God. It's not for the sake of the Son, but for your sake. He said, I put my Son as sin. I take all your sin into my Son's body and I sacrifice my Son. That's grace. So you deserve the grace of God. Don't underestimate yourself. Lift up your head. Don't think that you are unworthy. You are worthy for, for Jesus Christ to go to the cross by his grace. Say, I'm worthy. You are worthy. A patient told me that the, the, the partner or the husband took the, the flip of the, the slipper in front of her face. Say, look at this slipper. That's your face. You know how much it hurt her? She's worthy on the cross. Jesus died for her. But man disgraced her, degraded her. But she's worthy. We are all worthy. You are worthy. Right? You are worthy. 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 On the cross. Mercy. First John chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 5. And he. And you know Jesus, or he appeared in order to take away sins. In him there is no sin. He has no sin. But because of your sin, he forgives his, he executes his mercy on the cross for you. You are worthy to be forgiven. You are not, don't think that I'm not worthy to be forgiven. I'm beyond redemption. I hear it all the time. 
Some people have not been to church for a long time. They say, I'm not worthy. I'm beyond redemption because I've not been to church for 40 years. No, the cross is still there. The cross is still here for you. Peace. First Peter chapter 2, verse 22. He committed, Jesus Christ committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his, his mouth. This is a man of peace. He has no sin, he speaks no sin. He knows no sin. It's peace. Last, love. John chapter 3, 316. John 316. So God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, this is the way, when, when, when John 3.16 said, this is God so loved the world. The word so loved means that God, this whole love moved God to sacrifice his son. He moved God, he moved God, moved himself to sacrifice the son for you and me. Move is an is action word. It's not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It's not, I love you and I give you some flowers and we dance together. No, this is, uh, he, he's, he executed his love on the cross. Now, when Jesus talked about the, the, his answer to the Pharisee, when he mentioned about the Ten Commandments, you love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That love is, you move because of the love of God. You respond to the love of God. It's also not a feeling. God on the cross accepts you by grace, forgives you by mercy, reconciles you with, with the Father by peace, and, and exercise unconditional love on you and me. So you respond to the love of God by you accept one another, you forgive those who have offended you, by mercy, you make peace with those who have offended you by reconciliation, and you know now that I have no condition on this brother. All that I know to is to love him. And that is an action. And that is a new, new creation mindset, new creation belief, new creation life. And that is, that is, that is the holiness of the temple of the Holy Spirit is we respond to the love of God. That's why the temple of spirit is a house of prayer, a house of communication with God where you extend, you know, you express your love by responding to his love. You don't just express your love by lifting up your hand, I love you, Lord. But you respond by, you, you, you respond to his love by action through grace, mercy, peace, and love. Now, God has identified 17 situation in the world and he, he said his love is still there. 17 circumstances in a human life he identified, he said my love is still there regardless of what happened in these 17 circumstances in the, in the human life. Let's see which one. Romans 8 chapter 35, 38. By the way, 17 in the Hebrew it means overcoming the enemy and complete victory. In every situation that you face after 7017, you are always a victor. That's why that's my name is. <laughs> You're always a victor. You overcome the enemy. You defeat the enemy because Jesus Christ defeated him on the cross. 
the power and the principality of the darkness has been disarmed. So what are these 17 uh, uh, situations? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or word? Sword, sword, sword. In tribulations, in tribulation, he is our all in all. He is our strength. In distress, he is our comforter. In persecution, he is our truth. In famine, he is our provider. In nakedness, he is our shield. In peril, he is our defender. In sword, he is the, he is the Lord of the justice. In every situation, his love is there. He manifests in a different manner according to circumstances. He is a provider, he provides. He is a healer, he heals. He is the defender, he defends. Now, that's not just outside, that's inside your body and my body too. If your body needs, your liver needs to be defended, he defends for you. If your eyesight needs to be defended, he defends for you. Verse 8 For I am persuaded that neither death is, death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In death, he is your resurrection. In life, he is your abundant life. In angel, he is your creation. You don't lack. You don't just envy angel because he is the same creator. In principality, he has disarmed principality. Right? He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. In powers, he's, he, he's, he's the all in all. He's almighty. He's all powerful. He's still with me. There's no power greater than him. We don't live by medical statistics. We don't live by economic statistics because God's great power is greater than what the statistics shows. In things present, he's a present helper. You may have, we may have issue in the present moment, yes? Yeah, you may have some concern in the present moment, right? It may be finance, it may be relationship, it may be students, it may be children, it may be health, but he said his love is still with you. Where his love is, the fullness of Christ is. Where the fullness of Christ is, power and prosperity has been defeated. Where his blessing is, where his restoration is, his providing is, provision is. In things to come, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows what is coming out. He knows everything that is in between. You may be worrying about tomorrow you're going to receive something, a report. But he is there with you. And, and we know that as a temple of the Holy Spirit, as a new creation, we don't live in uncertainties anymore. The world... There's, there's a saying that there's nothing certain in the world except uncertainty, right? We don't live according to uncertainties. We live according to the assurance of God. Every promise of God is yes and amen in Jesus Christ, 
Who is Jesus Christ? He's the truth. Who is Jesus Christ? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who is Jesus Christ? He's the Alpha and the Omega. Nothing can change his word. We live according to the assurance of the promises of God. That's why that assurance can come to generation after generation. That's why the Abrahamic covenant come in. Generation after generation. And no height. No height. Where he is the he is the hope of glory. We look up to the hills where does that help come from? No death. The shepherd in the, in the shadow of the valley of death, he is the, he is the shepherd, his rod and his staff, they comfort you. Or any other creature, he is the creator, he is the creator. Nothing greater, no one greater than him. No creation greater than Christ. In the beginning is the word, he is the word, right? Everything that was made was made. Without him, nothing that was made was made. And nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. You believe that? Then the rain has started. The land is not dry anymore. You take that? Let's accept it because this is the word of God. We will not be dry anymore. As long as the moment that, that Elijah display to, to the shame of the prosperity and power, the rain came. Today, the rain has come. It may be small for some of you, it may take a while for some, but it has come. We have to believe that the powers and prosperity has been disarmed. It's just like you have an alarm system in your house. The moment you disarm, the devil come in. Right? Yeah? So you don't disarm it long. God actually lock it in that this devil cannot come in anymore. He has disarmed the devil. He armed you with his truth, with his love, with his power and authority. Let us pray.